this is Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. Today I'll be speaking to you about CT of the acute abdomen and specifically I'm going to be focusing on a few important GU applications. First topic that I'd like to discuss is pyelonephritis. And pyelonephritis is really an acute bacterial infection of the kidney. It goes by some older terms like lobar nephronia, renal cellulitis, or some people use the term renal phlegmon. It's usually an infection that reaches the kidneys from the ureter, so it's really an ascending infection of the lower GI tract. Sometimes it can be spread uh, hematogenously, but most of the time it's an ascending infection from the lower GI tract. I'm sorry, lower um, urinary tract. It's more common in women because women get more UTIs, and sometimes older men because of BPH and stasis of urine in the bladder. The diagnosis is typically made clinically, and CT would be usually reserved for unusual cases that are very severe, atypical, or recurrent pyelonephritis, or in patients who don't respond to antibiotics. But today, often we make the diagnosis on CT. Maybe it's not suspected clinically. It's a patient with a fever or undiagnosed uh, flank pain. The CT technique, typically we would give IV contrast. It's much more sensitive for pyelonephritis. You know, three or five millimeter slices is fine. The arterial phase can be a little bit challenging to diagnose pyelonephritis. So if you're if it says rule out pyelonephritis, you really want to be a little later, a nephrogenic phase or even an excretory phase. The findings are a little bit more typical. If we know we're looking for renal pathologies, then sometimes we would do two or three phases. But if it specifically said rule out pyelonephritis or perinephric abscess, really the nephrogenic phase is the most sensitive. But like I said, we're often making the diagnosis on scans performed for other reasons. So what would be the CT findings? The kidney would be enlarged and swollen. That would be the typical finding. You get perinephric stranding, indicating inflammation. There's often a delay in contrast excretion from the kidney. If you're doing multiple phases, you'd be able to determine that. On early phases, especially cortical medullary phase, what you will see is loss of the cortical medullary differentiation. And this can be subtle in some cases. So what you're looking for is loss of that definition between the cortex and the medulla. In later phases, you'll see a striated nephrogram, which is stasis of contrast within the tubules, and it will have increasing attenuation over time. So on an earlier phase, the tubules will be filled with urine, and then later on, they'll be filled with contrast and hold on to the contrast. Focal pyelonephritis can mimic a mass, so we'll discuss that. So here's a typical phase case of pyelonephritis on a relatively early phase scan. And you can see in the right kidney, you have loss of the cortical medullary differentiation. You can compare that nicely with the left kidney where you could easily see on the left the difference between the cortex and the medulla enhancing. On the right, you can see that you lose that definition. So this is right pyelonephritis. Here's an exam on a different patient. You can see there's something wrong with the left kidney you can see that there's a little bit of loss of the cortical medullary differentiation anteriorly and posteriorly. And in fact, in the right kidney, you'll see a small focal area where you lose the cortex enhancement. So this is bilateral pyelonephritis. Here's another patient. In this case, because of the windowing, it's a little bit more subtle. And again, you can see it on the right and the left. You have these focal areas where you don't see the normal cortex enhancing. It can be dramatic in some people, and of course it can be bilateral, and you can see these stripes, and these are areas of the pyelonephritis, and this is the striated nephrogram. In this case, a very severe case of pyelonephritis, you can see the left kidney is swollen, there's perinephric stranding and inflammation, and you can see it's just not enhancing normally compared to the other side, and this is a later phase. 
Here's a relatively early phase again. You have axial and coronal images. The left kidney is excreting normally. The right kidney has decreased enhancement and excretion. And you can see these focal areas that are not enhancing normally. And again, in some patients, you'll get that striated nephrogram, especially in the delayed phase. This is excretory phase. You have these little stripes, and that's urine staying in the tubules. And if you scan later, what will happen is the contrast will be cleared from the kidneys, but these stripes will have the contrast remaining. So that's contrast staying in the tubules. Here's another example on the left kidney. It's very subtle, but you can see these little stripes, and this is the striated nephrogram. Now, pyelonephritis is an infection of the kidney parenchyma itself. And just to contrast that with some other infections, such as pyelitis. Now, pyelitis is different. That's really a urinary tract infection, an infection uh, that affects the ureters. So this is a very nice case showing that the kidneys are enhancing perfectly normal, and you have a good cortical medullary differentiation, but you have this thickness and enhancement to the ureters and to the bladder. And in fact, you can see the perinephric the periureteral stranding as well. So this would be pyelitis. So this is a severe urinary tract infection involving the collecting system, but it's not affecting the kidney parenchyma. When we're evaluating a patient with either known or suspected pyelonephritis, we're looking for complications. And this would typically be a renal or a perirenal abscess. You wanna be very careful when you're doing these studies when you see fluid density in the kidney, not to just assume that it's a simple cyst or a hyperdense cyst. It could be an abscess forming in the kidney. And then we're going to talk about emphysematous pyelonephritis, and that's a very specific case of pyelonephritis that involves a gas-forming organism. So here's an example of pyelonephritis with an abscess as a complication. There's pyelonephritis of the left kidney, and you can see a small focal collection anteriorly in the left mid-kidney. That is not a cyst, that's an abscess. Now, how do you know? Well, first of all, you could look at old cases and old scans, and that's probably the easiest way that this would have appeared. But even if you don't have an old study, you have to you know, raise the possibility that that small fluid density could actually be an abscess and not a cyst. Sometimes ultrasound can help distinguish. Here's another case of pyelonephritis on a relatively early phase scan. This is right pyelonephritis. You can see a large area where you've lost the cortical medullary differentiation. And then posteriorly, you can see a rounded area of fluid density, which is a forming abscess. In severe cases, as in this case on the left, you have a tremendous amount of inflammation and phlegmon around the left kidney. So the infection is broken out of the kidney as in the perirenal space. It can also involve the left psoas muscle as in this case. Over time, the phlegmon and abscess will organize a little bit more. So this is a case of severe pyelonephritis of the left kidney. There's a little abscess there medially, and then you can see all the fluid density surrounding the left kidney, and that's perinephric abscess. Okay, so you're often, in patients even with known pyelonephritis, they may scan them if they're not responding to antibiotics to look for a complication such as abscess. Now let's talk about a specific type of pyelonephritis called emphysematous pyelonephritis. And this is really a life-threatening necrotizing infection of the kidneys characterized by gas formation within the kidney or surrounding the kidneys. These are very sick patients. Over 90% of them have poorly controlled diabetes. So this isn't an outpatient walking in off the street. This isn't usually an inpatient who is very sick. If they're not diabetic, they're typically immunosuppressed. Or they have a very, very severe, usually an obstructing 
um, urinary tract infection that then becomes gas forming. The most common organism is actually E. coli. I've listed a couple of others for you. And so what happens is the infection takes off and it's actually killing the tissue and you get necrotic um, kidney parenchyma. CT is really the modality of choice. The, because you'll be able to see the parenchymal enlargement, you'll be able to see the destruction of the kidney, you'll have decreased enhancement, other signs typical of regular pyelonephritis, but it will look very severe. And what happens is the tissue becomes necrotic and you will get gas and fluid replacing the necrotic tissue. This leads to fluid collections. You'll often have air fluid collections within the kidney parenchyma. You can get air fluid levels and tissue necrosis. This is very different than uncomplicated pyelonephritis. This is a gas-forming organism that is literally eating through the parenchyma of the kidney. So here's a dramatic example of that. You can see there's left pyelonephritis. On the image to the left, you'll see there's a little bit of air. It looks like it could be in the collecting system. But the image to the right, you can see that the air is totally replacing the parenchyma of the kidney. Could this be anything else? No. Okay, this is emphysematous pyelonephritis. Sometimes you can get a little bit of similar appearance in immediate post-op patient, especially after a partial nephrectomy or radiofrequency ablation. But then you have the clinical history. This is going to be a diabetic patient who's in the hospital who's septic. Okay, They need emergency surgery. So this is somebody you call the doctor immediately. They get the OR ready and they go. Here's another example. The left kidney is totally replaced by gas and air fluid levels. That's emphysematous pyelonephritis, a very fast-moving infection. Within hours, the patient will be dead. Here's another example. This is a non-contrast. These patients are often sick. You might not be given contrast, so what you're looking for is air, air fluid levels and destruction of the parenchyma. In this case, you can see it's already broken out of the kidney. It's in the perinephric space. Ultrasound is good for emphysematous pyelonephritis as well. Uh, occasionally on ultrasound, gas can be an issue. So if it's suspected on ultrasound, they'll often do a CT scan just for confirmation. Other things, you can have something called emphysematous pyelitis. So that's a less aggressive form, and it's really more confined to the collecting system itself. So it's not gas within the parenchyma. It's just within the collecting system. It's also associated with diabetes. Or you can have something called pyonephrosis, which is a little bit like uh, pyelitis, where it's infection of the collecting system itself. And with pyonephrosis, it's really pus in the collecting system. It's often associated with an obstruction. There's a couple other things I just want to mention about pyelonephritis. There's a special case of pyelonephritis called xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis, a very interesting destructive granulomatous process. It's an atypical incomplete immune response to basically a subacute infection. And what happens is the parenchyma is replaced by these lipid-laden macrophages. It has a very specific CT appearance. There's not much that will look like xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis, so it's really an ant mini. There's 10% of patients will have diabetes, but most of these are in different patient population. Typically, you'll have an obstruction. So you'll have a large staghorn calculus in the renal pelvis. That's classic, but it could be an obstruction anywhere along the collecting system. You'll get an extensive inflammation and destruction of the renal function and parenchyma. But instead of it filling with air, as in emphysematous pyelonephritis, you'll see it's filled with fluid because it's these lipid 
um, latent macrophages. The kidney will be enlarged, you'll have hydronephrosis, and you'll have all these spaces. So I'll show you an example. So you can see the right kidney looks very weird. So these are bizarre looking kidneys. It's enlarged, there's hydronephrosis, there's um, extra s spaces there. In this case, it's broken out of the kidney and it's involving the muscles there in the posterior abdominal wall. Here's a coronal on the same patient. You can see all this perinephric infection and then the kidney itself. This was an unusual case because it was a duplicated system as well. So you can see the upper pole, the right kidney is not involved. So it was xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis in his duplicated system. In the lower pole moiety, which was obstructed by stone that you can see there in the right image and near the renal pelvis. So only at Hopkins you get xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis in a duplicated system. Here's another patient, and you can see it looks very similar to the first patient. The whole right kidney is replaced by these cystic spaces. And in this patient, there was also a stone obstructing the kidney, but it was at the right ureteral vesicle junction. So that's xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis. We have something called chronic pyelonephritis, and it's a little bit controversial. It's a debate whether this is true or not, but I think it's true. It basically is a very severe pyelonephritis that results in scarring of the kidney or repeated episodes of pyelonephritis. So you're going to see a lot of scarring. So you see atrophy of the kidney, clubbing of the calyces, thickening of the caliceal system, and this asymmetry. And here's a case which I think shows uh, the sequelae of chronic pyelonephritis of the left kidney. It's smaller, it's scarred. You can see the calyces going all the way to the edge of the kidney. And a CT urogram again showing the chronic pyelonephritis on the left. Okay, in the last minute or so, I just want to show things that can simulate pyelonephritis. You could have renal infarcts that looks like it, renal vein thrombosis, or sometimes just an obstruction or a lymphoma. So here's a case of a renal infarct. It's much more geographic and much more well-defined than the pyelonephritis that I showed you. So you do lose the cortical medullary differentiation, but you can see it's a whole wedge-shaped area that's not being perfused in this patient with an infarct. This is a patient with renal vein thrombosis, and you know that sometimes you can get that striated nephrogram and decreased function, but hopefully you would recognize that there's a large thrombus there in the left renal vein. Here's a patient with pyelonephritis and a renal vein thrombosis. You can get both. But probably the thing you're most worried about is lymphoma. And when you have bilateral pyelonephritis, you want to be very careful and make sure they correlate it clinically. If there's pyelonephritis, there should be pus and white cells in the urine, okay? In a patient like this, could this be bilateral pyelonephritis? It could be. But this is a patient with lymphoma, and you can see that big left periaortic nodal mass. But it can look very similar. And in a case like this, and if it was coming through the ER in a patient with pain, I might say, well, this could be pyelonephritis, and it's actually lymphoma. So if it's an unusual case or clinically they don't have a good um, story for an infection in the collecting system, you're going to have to suggest that it could be a lymphoma, and you can have primary renal lymphoma as well. And here's a case where I suggested that. On the right, I thought it was pyelonephritis, but it, they looked very rounded. So I suggested, well, could it be actually renal lymphoma? And it turns out it was pyelonephritis, and we got a follow-up scan after treatment, and it was normal. And I just want to mention one last thing about pyelonephritis. TB, we don't see it anymore. We almost never see it, but you should keep it at the back of your mind that you could have disseminated TB causing the infection in the kidney. So here's an example of that. So in this session, we talked about pyelonephritis as one of the important findings in the acute abdomen, um, a GU finding. And next time, we'll discuss other things in the GU tract that can present with acute abdominal pain.